Hello once again. My name is Adam Homey. I'm the host of the Business Creators Radio Show, and I want to welcome you to today's episode. You are in the right place. If you're tuned into the Business Creators Radio Show, if you're one of the four cat the following four categories. The first, entrepreneurs, small business owners, and local business owners. The second, marketing and business coaches. The third are folks who help others build their businesses, who I like to call the business creators. And of course, the do-it-yourselfers who run your own businesses and love to have your own hands on the levers. If you're one or more of the above, please take a moment to explore our episodes and discover how our experts can help you win at business at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, please take a moment and check out our iTunes channel. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us spread the message. So for today's episode, we are going to explore the topic of how to stop juggling, overcome procrastination, and get more done in less time. And I'm extremely honored today to have as our guest, America's productivity coach, Michelle Prince. And just to tell you a little bit about Michelle here, uh, as a best-selling author, Zig Ziglar motivational speaker, business owner of multiple companies, wife of 15 years, and mother of two young boys, Michelle Prince had to learn the art of juggling her personal and professional life successfully. Most people are juggling too many things, procrastinating, not getting as much done as they want, which leads to a life of frustration and unfulfilled goals. Michelle is passionate about helping people live with purpose, follow their passion, and take action in big ways. In addition to all this, Michelle is a published author, and one of her books, which I've read and thoroughly enjoyed, is called Busy Being Busy. And how are you doing today, Michelle? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. I'm I'm honored that you joined us today. Now, for those of us, for those who have been listening to the Business Creators Radio Show, you know that in addition to being the host, I'll typically be right there with you as a student, taking notes myself, learning from our guest experts. And today will certainly be no exception to that. But before we dive in, let's take a quick step back and give our listeners a chance to get to know Michelle a bit. So, Michelle, if you could tell us a little bit about your background and what brought you to where you are today as America's productivity coach, and just sort of tell us in your own words. You bet. Well, it's, I'll make a long story short because my story started at the age of 18 when my parents sent me right. off to a Zig Ziglar conference that I didn't want to go right. to, but it changed my life so much that I ended up working for Zig um, just after I graduated college. And dream come true early on in my life, working through my, you know, my passion every day. But sure. I ended up leaving Ziglar after about four years, three or four years working there. I wanted to go out there into software sales, make more money, you know, climb the corporate ladder, and I thought that would make me happy. And what I found was after 12 years in corporate America, you know, you, you can't get too far from your passion and not be unfulfilled. So the farther I got away from personal development and, you know, goal setting and, and all the things that I love doing, you know, to inspire and encourage people, I wasn't doing sure. in, in corporate America. So. About seven years ago, I, I followed a dream to write a book. It wasn't something that I told many people about, but I always wanted to write a book, and I jumped off the ledge. I wrote it, and the first book I wrote was Winning in Life Now, and it literally opened up a business for me that I, I didn't really have an intention to create, which is what I do today, which is coaching and speaking, and I do seminars, all in the areas of productivity. I also help people write right. books. So it's kind of it's, – it's all come full circle for me in my life because it started at 18. <laughs> I had to go through some struggles myself. Uh, today I'm, I'm one of only 20 certified Ziggler legacy trainers in the world. 
So I get to wow. do what I started out wanting to do, and but it's just taken me a couple decades to get there. <laughs> you know what's kind of funny? You, you, when you tell that story, and I've seen this story before, before because I've read Busy Being Busy, is it reminded me of when I was in college at Penn State. I was a political science major, and I had this dream I was going to go to law school and be the next uh, be the next Denny Crane. Well, anyway, I was uh, I was uh, finding myself spending a lot of time when I was supposed to be working on my term papers, when I was procrastinating, getting them all done at the last minute. I was spending a lot of time. Now, bear in mind, this is the 1990s. I would be down in the computer lab. You know, really, 1990s. I didn't have my own computer in my room, <laughs> and oh, I was yeah, down I there. <laughs> <laughs> now I think I have a computer in every room. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy how that works. Now, I uh, I would be down at the computer lab. I'd be working on my GeoCities website. Remember back in the days when the big question was whether or not they had frames and they had all the animated GIFs. Yeah. And my website was basically a shout-out to my boys and pictures of my Camaro. But I found myself tinkering with these things, and I thought they were so cool and and already my entrepreneurial mind was sort of kicking in thinking, do people make money with this? Now, I kind of set it aside. I, instead of going to law school, I ended up getting an MBA. I did the corporate path for a while. Then I jumped back into entrepreneurship where I really thought I belonged belong from the very beginning. And I find myself today helping people increase their website conversion. So it's kind of funny how you do kind of get back to your dreams if you allow yourself to. And here in the Business Creators Radio Show, we provide the tools, techniques, and strategies to help entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses, as our regular listeners know. And a lot of listeners tell me they have pretty much everything they need to succeed with any strategy that any of our guest experts gives us, except for time and money. Now, do you see this as an issue getting in the way of entrepreneurs being more productive? I think you're going to halfway laugh at the question, but let's hear what you have to say. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And being an entrepreneur myself, I mean, it's something I, I know we all struggle with. But, you know, the time, money thing, that's never going to go away, right? So the, the real excuse right. isn't that you don't have the time. Everyone has exactly the same amount. It's just you're not prioritizing certain things. The, the money situation is no matter how much money you make, tend, you tend to spend it. So even if you had a little more money, would you make any different decisions? So it kind of will strip those things away. The, the thing I say about procrastination, it's not a lack of information, meaning – as entrepreneurs, it's not that we don't know how to do something, or if we don't know how to do it, we know how to seek out coaches, mentors, people that can help us. And it's not even a matter of not wanting to, because we have that desire for, for some. There's that urgency of, like, I have to pay the bills, I have to get this business up and running. So if you have right. desire, you have information, but yet why do we still procrastinate? It does boil back down to a lot of um, what we've all heard before, but it is, it is deeply rooted in fear. It's truly something mm -hmm. that we don't procrastinate. Think about this. We don't procrastinate on the things that don't matter, meaning right. did, have you checked Facebook today? Have you checked emails, you know, done certain things uh, around the house or your office that really was not urgent but you did it anyway? Well, that's what usually happens. We procrastinate on the bigger things, the things that we say we're going to get to someday, you know, those big dreams. We put it on the back right. burner with the best of intentions of getting to it, but we don't. But there's usually that deep-seated fear, whether it's fear of failure, fear of success, of, well, what if this doesn't work or what if it does? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's a long answer to a short question, but I think all of us entrepreneurs could, could use a little bit of, you know, help and guidance to overcome this procrastination. Absolutely. And, and – 
Yeah, absolutely. And I call myself in that category. I mean, I'm, I'm human. And I know how it works sometimes. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to start with a basic question. This may seem like a loaded question. I think you touched on it a little bit, but I'll hope you could elaborate somewhat. Michelle, why do we procrastinate? I think, well, it boils back down to we just don't realize the urgency, first of all, um, but it boils back down to that fear. I mean, truly, it's either you don't have a very, very clear uh, picture of what you want. You know, you say, you set goals that say, I want to be successful. I want to lose weight. I want to make more money. Well, those are so vague that, of course, you're going to procrastinate on doing anything to get you there. So number one is, you know, do you clearly know what you want? And number two, what is really holding you back? You know, what is it that you're afraid of? Is it that you're going to fail? That, that, that what if, you know, your, your friends, your family don't accept you? What if you write a book and somebody says, you know, well, you have nothing to say? Or, you know, so sometimes <laughs> those are the things that keep us from it. Okay. I find that very interesting, especially when we talk about information marketing and pretty much any type of marketing where you're creating content. I think that can be a big thing. Well, what am I really saying that's new? And to me, and tell me your thoughts on this, I'm not sure if it matters that you're saying something that's really original, revolutionary, but it's more about you saying it in the way you say it. Do you think there's anything to that? Oh, totally. You know, when I first wrote my book, uh, it's a personal development book, and part of why I had this fear that kept me from, from actually doing it, I was procrastinating on it, I was convinced that, you know, everything was already said. What could I possibly say in the area of personal development that hasn't been said already? But the reality is, is we learn from each other so differently. So, you know, you may, it may be basic information, but the stories or, or your life experiences that you add to it, and then the timing. The other thing is, you know, certain people you are more attracted to, you know, as, as far as like learning from them. You know, someone may pick up my book that wouldn't pick up, you know, another another writer's book saying the exact same thing. Um, so it, it, I, I agree with you on that completely. We all have a different take right. on it. Absolutely. Now, here's the thing. Recently, I was speaking with someone who told me that many companies out there totally missed the boat trying to get their employees to do things like be more productive and encourage teamwork and out-of-the-box thinking and all that. And they may bring in guest speakers and trainers, and they may run internal trainings and, and you know, bag lunch trainings, things they call it. And it's all about this be more productive, let's have teamwork and think out-of-the-box and be innovative. But what they're really missing is helping, entre- helping their employees get the most out of their time outside of work. Do you think there's something about that that could be getting in the way of us being more productive? Well, yeah, I do. You know, having a, a training company, of course, I'm a big believer in training. And so these corporations absolutely have to do consistent training because, like you said, sometimes you just hear things differently. You're reminded of something. But it gives you that internal motivation the, the more you're, you're hearing it. But I will say that, it's not one or the other. We, we tend to look at ourselves in vacuums. You know, you are who you are at work and you're who you are at home. But the reality is we're one person. And when we separate them so much, that's where you see issues. I mean, the person that is 100% focused on their career may be hitting the numbers. They may be doing great, but they're forsaking relationships, maybe their physical health, their spiritual health, their mental health, their, you know, family, finances. So what I when I teach people and and go in and do training on time management and all that, it's not the little 
tips and tricks. Yeah, I can teach you those things of how to be more productive with Outlook and all those things. But it really doesn't right. matter unless you really go back to, again, what do you really want? But not just in your career. You have to look at, you know, all the aspects. And, you know, in the Wheel of Life is, is something I work with a lot. Zig Ziglar created it where, you know, all those different categories I mentioned – that is who makes up, you know, who you are. So I think a company misses the boat if they're just focused only on work, but then they're also missing the boat if they're only focused on, you know, go do things outside of work. I mean, it's got to be a combination of the two, and it's got to really go back down to, you know, your personal passions and goals. We don't do anything unless we sure. have a, full, a real strong passion for it. That's a very interesting phrase. We don't do anything unless we have a really strong passion for it. And in marketing and sales, we teach the people buy from emotion and justify with logic. Do you believe in that? Oh, absolutely. Definitely. We are very emotional. <laughs> Everything is based on feelings and emotion. Absolutely. All right. So the previous question was really about companies and employees. And we we're talking about training departments and internal innovation and getting promoted and moving ahead. But let's translate that to the entrepreneurial world. What do you think are some of the outside factors that are unique to us as entrepreneurs and business creators that get in the way of our optimal productivity? <laughs> I love that question because all the workshops that I do are, are primarily with entrepreneurs, and, and we all have similar issues. Number one, distraction. You know, many, many okay. entrepreneurs. <laughs> Was that a giggle? Or <laughs> I don't know yeah. if you were commenting on that. Um, so, but distraction, it comes in a, a lot of different ways. For those that work in a home office, you know, we talked even before this call, sometimes there's distractions working from home. Um, there's distractions with employees, people coming in, and, and you know, the, the end all, the, the age old question of, uh, hey, do you have just a second? And what happens oh, is I love right that in the question. Of, yes, we all know just a second is never just a second. <laughs> so sure. those kind of distractions are, are killing our productivity because we're, we're not really setting boundaries with those in our environment, right? So we, if, if, if you're constantly being distracted by coworkers, employees, um, or even your kids if you work from home, then it's not real clear to those people when you're in your focus time, right? But it's also, right. you know, the, the distractions of email coming in, of phone calls, of text messages, of Facebook posts, and a lot of us have all those things right at our fingertips. So we could be heads down working on something really critical that we absolutely have to get done for the day. And an email comes in, and our little Outlook thing pops up on the bottom of the screen, and it makes you immediately lose your focus to go see what just came in. And then that sometimes right. takes you on a whole other rabbit trail of, oh, I better respond to that really quick. And then before you know <laughs> it, you're, you're on email, and then you're answering text messages, and then you're thinking, now what was I working on? <laughs> and it's, no wonder we don't get anything done. Um, so that's a really good right. thing for Yeah, I think you're on to something with that. And I tell people all the time that I do not ever have mail delivered to where I live. The reason being is that it may be great that I have a mailbox outside and the mail carrier will come and drop things off every day, but then people will ship me things or they'll send me gifts or they'll send me a package and then they'll send it there. And it's the type of thing where UPS has to bring it and knock on the door. So every knock on the door and every interruption takes me away from what I'm doing. And what I found is, is it's one thing to just run down real quick, sign for it, and walk back upstairs. But then you have to go through the whole process of getting yourself back into the zone you were in when you were working. That gets 
interrupted. So that two-second knock on the door can potentially be a half-hour interruption. Who knows what rabbit trail will be on by then? That's absolutely right. Get a one. You know what I? Uh, in fact, I was just saying this the other day because I home office when I'm not on the road, and right. just getting a no solicitation sign. You know, if that's right. the case, I mean, some packages and things have to be dropped off or leaving a note for UPS. You know, leave package at door, that kind of thing. But those little right. little, little shifts can make you a lot more productive. Right. I think I think that's why I have a cat instead of a dog because the dog uh, will want a lot of attention and the cat uh, after I scratch her on the head for about thirty seconds she wants me to leave her alone so she's not going to keep me from my work and plus she's smart she's smart enough to know the more I'm working the more kitty treats she gets. I love it. <laughs> All right now Michelle you've coined the term being busy being busy. In fact you wrote the book on it and I've read the book. Now in real world terms what does that mean for our listeners who might be unfamiliar with the concept? Well, so the the idea of the book actually sprung from through my travels, running into people, you know, CEOs of companies, you know, managers, stay-at-home moms, Mm -hmm. you name it, college kids. And I I started to notice that everyone that I asked how they were doing, in some way or another, they always answered with the word busy. They always were like, oh, my gosh, things are so busy, or the kids are keeping me so busy, or oh, my gosh, work's so busy. And and it's like we're so – it's almost like the, the natural response used to be, hi, how are you? Fine. How are you doing? Now it's kind of like, you know, the natural response is to tell everybody how busy you are. So it right. got me thinking about my own life because I found myself doing the same thing. And it's like, what are we really so busy doing? For most of us, we're not busy being productive. We're not getting all the things done that we want to get done. We're not accomplishing the big goals. We're not doing, you know, writing the book, taking the trip, losing the weight, or all, whatever that big goal is for you. Instead, we're busy, but we're just being busy, meaning we're filling our day with things that don't really matter. I guarantee you there's not one person listening to this that wouldn't disagree that you are busy. I mean, you are literally going from the moment you wake up to the moment your head hits the pillow. But the problem is, is it's not necessarily, you're not necessarily doing the things that really, really matter to get you to that next level of productivity, of of the business, hitting the numbers, all that. Right. I think that's very true. I mean, even I see this, and we're going to have a little exercise we're going to do a little bit later here in the hour, that I find myself, I can put in a quote-unquote 10-hour day, and then when I look at that, how much of that was actually revenue generating, there are some days where, wow, I think I made money every second I was awake. And then there are other days, it's like, okay, I sat at my desk for 10 hours. I think I took a lunch in there somewhere, but I'm not a step further. Mm-hmm. But yet I was busy the whole day. It seemed like it was nonstop, on the go, one thing after the next, but I'm not a step forward on anything I'm supposed to be working on here. It's kind of strange how that works. Now, here's an interesting question from one of our listeners, and we are way ahead on our time here, so we're going to get to have fun with our exercise. Uh, and this is a concept that I've seen a few articles about lately, actually. So I'm going to ask, to, do these things that we call to-do lists actually harm our ability to get things done, or do they help? I remember back when I used to work in corporate, I had a supervisor who was all big on, go, make sure you make a to-do list so things don't fall off the radar screen. And it's funny, I had all these to-do lists, and it seemed like all the books were falling off the radar screen. What's up with that? <laughs> well, to answer your question, to-do lists are, can be good if you're actually accomplishing them. What's happening, though, more than in more times than not is, we have on any given day 10, 20, you know, some people have more than 20 things on a to-do list to do. 
So what happens is, is we start our day with complete overwhelm. You know, there's no way okay. to look at a list of 20 things to do and not get overwhelmed. And what usually happens when we have that long list, what do we want to do? We focus on the easy things first, right? Yeah. So it's not necessarily the things that have to be done that day, like maybe you had to get a proposal out, maybe you needed to make the cold calls, you know, whatever it is you had to do. It was a lot easier working on something small that you could just scratch off that list really quickly. So one thing that I suggest is you're never going to be without a to-do list. And, yeah, you, you can't remember everything, so you have to have it down somewhere, right? But I suggest right. not having that in front of you every day. Instead, okay. look at, you know, I suggest the planning time, and I, and I usually do that in the morning, and I'll get more to that in a second. But when, when you're in your planning time, is looking at that big to-do list, but then picking out only three things, only three things that you're going to do right. that day. Nothing else. You're not going to work on anything else. And, and I suggest putting it on a little sticky piece of paper. I learned that from one of my mentors one time. And I'm telling you, it does wonders for your mindset. Because productivity, again, it's not that we don't know what to do. It's just a lack of implementation. So it's a mindset thing. So when you narrow it down to only three things and commit to doing them, and at the end of the day, no matter if you completed them or not, you crumple up that piece of paper, throw it in the trash, tomorrow's a new day. But what it does is that it just it, it's a mindset thing that if you only have three things to work on, that's doable. That's manageable. And I suggest, yeah. and this is a lot of discipline, and some days it's easier to, to do it than others, but what I suggest is commit to yourself before you get on email, before you get on Facebook, before you do some of the other piddly stuff, accomplish one of those things. Because what happens okay. is we, we're creatures of, um, you know, we, we like to accomplish things. And that momentum early in the day to scratch, scratch off the, you know, a third of the things you have to do in the day before you finish your morning coffee, that's huge. Yeah. So it's just a mindset thing. But boil it down to a smaller to-do list, not the big one. It will help you be more productive. Something else that helped me become more productive. When I moved to Las Vegas about three months ago, my one of my business coaches, Jim Palmer, the newsletter guru, who I happen to know is a friend of yours, just he's a friend of mine. Uh, yes. He challenged me to find. I know Jim is so awesome. I, I love Jim. He's been a client of mine for seven years, and I've been a member of his masterminds for as long as he's been doing them. Uh, he's just fantastic. He's now awesome. I have. Long, long, we we decided we're long lost siblings. We we don't know how or why, but we're, we're related in some way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all. That, that's all. I love that. I love that. I'm not really privy to your conversations. I just know that you guys know each other. In fact, I remember last year he interviewed you for his Rise of Rebound Mastermind call, and since I was in that mastermind, I heard your interview with him. I thought it was fantastic. Oh, thank you. Well, you're in you good bet. hands. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolute, absolutely. That's, that's also kind of how I got my hands on Busy Being Busy, is you so generously uh, helped his mastermind members acquire copies of it. I read it on the plane while I was flying uh, to and from Las Vegas back in October. It's a very easy read. I managed to get it done in about two hours, and I walked away with several specific actionable steps. It's really the kind of book I like. And as I'm preparing my own book that I'm hoping to get released by the end of spring here, I'm using Busy Being Busy as sort of a model for the level of detail and the level of how you make the story flow that I think will make my book more successful. It's really a great book. Everybody who's listening, please check out Busy Being Busy if you haven't gotten a copy of it already. 
Well, I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And to that point, let me just say that's exactly right, and it kind of goes back to what I was saying about this little keeping it simple. Mm -hmm. People, we like to feel like we've accomplished something. So if you're going to write a book, write it. Don't write a huge book because we like to feel like if you know when you feel when you finish reading a book, you're like, oh, I finished the whole book today or this weekend. Oh, I know. Versus that guilt feeling of when you are, you know, halfway through 10 different books that you never finish. So, anyway, that's my, my two cents on that. <laughs> oh, I, I, lo- I love that, finding little productivity tips in everything we discussed. Well, getting back to Jim, uh, he challenged me. He said, pal, you're making a move across the country. You're, you're changing your life. You've, you've found true love. You're finally getting a cat. You're moving to a warm climate. Everything's coming together for you. Now, is there one small change in your life, something that seems small, that could really have a big impact on everything you're doing and making you more successful? And when I first got to Nevada, one of the things that shocked me about it, I knew you know, it's warmer, it's a desert, it's flat, and it's dry. That much I already knew. Mm-hmm. But what I didn't realize is that, I mean, it just didn't occur to me, is that Nevada is right on the eastern edge of the Pacific time zone, which means it gets, which means it gets light there very early and it gets dark there very mm-hmm. early. So just the mm-hmm. natural changing of the day is very conducive to waking up earlier in the morning. And I used to be a notorious night owl, and I used to revel in the fact that, hey, I'm an entrepreneur, and if I, don't, and if I wake up at 10 o'clock in the morning and I drag my ass over the computer by about quarter to 11 and you know, nurse my coffee for an hour before I actually do anything, that's fine because I'm an entrepreneur and I can. The challenge that I accepted was since I have the climate change supporting me and I have the daylight change supporting me, if I start my day earlier and I'm at the point now where I can pretty much wake up naturally at five o'clock in the morning. So five o'clock AM, my alarm goes off and that triggers my cat who comes and starts headbutting me. She's my feline alarm clock. And then about two minutes later, my girlfriend calls and we, we chat for a while. And usually by six, six thirty in the morning, I'm, I'm ready to go. And, and I'll have something accomplished before 7 AM where I touch my email. So that's like one of the small changes I made it's that whole wake up an hour earlier or find an extra hour in a day. I found mine. That is, I'm, you couldn't have said that more perfectly because that's one of my biggest recommendations. If there's one thing you could change to be more productive, that's it. Adding, and it's not even just the extra hour of, um, you know, daylight like you have, like you said. It's just having an hour to focus on yourself that's allowing you to have uh, more clarity of what you want to accomplish in the, the day, um, more momentum. I mean, I've been doing this for the last couple of years now. In fact, I did it this morning. And, and what I wasn't getting done in my day for me was reading and my quiet time. Very important to me. And I, you know, that's just something that I go by the wayside and I'd say, oh, shoot, I forgot to do that today. But when I started prioritizing, getting up an hour earlier, and, and yes, I was able to check that one thing off before I finished my morning coffee, but what it did for me is just having that downtime before the kids were up, before I had to be, you know, getting ready, before anything was happening in the day to have that downtime and, and focus was life-changing for me. So I'm, I'm thrilled to hear you're doing that because, you know, I, we can talk about so many other things, but that is one of the things, in fact, on the hot seat, I was going to ask you, what time are you getting up and what are you doing when you get up? Okay. <laughs> so I'm, I'm happy to hear that you're actually implementing um, that strategy because it works. Right. 
Absolutely. And what I really love about that is, I mean, in the Pacific time zone, and the majority of my clients are actually in the Pacific time zone, which is kind of why I was able to get away with starting so late when I was back in Pittsburgh and thinking, well, most of my clients aren't going to be ready to go till noon anyway, so why do I have to rush? Uh, what's really cool mm-hmm. about starting so early in Nevada is they're still not ready. And the people on the East Coast know I'm on the West Coast, so they're not really expecting me that early anyway. So I get at least a couple hours in the morning where chances are nobody's going to try and find me for anything. And it's just mm-hmm. great. I agree. Great. So <laughs> yeah. So, so I hope all those people aren't all listening to this broadcast because <laughs> I just revealed my secrets. <laughs> Next thing you know, I'm going to start getting the 5 a.m. calls. But uh, I've, I'm, I'm also warning you guys, uh, that hour is for my girlfriend. Don't bother. That's right. And, and, and you know what? And, and those are the boundaries, though, you set, right? You set those boundaries with clients because that is so important to your um, your happiness in life, right? You're not just all work. You have to have the, the other pieces of it. I actually, so my boys are 10 and 14, and we are, you know, right in the thick of things sport-wise. They both are in two sports. So on any given night or weekend, we are literally on a basketball court, a baseball field, a soccer field, football field, you name it, we're there, <laughs> Right. So right. I, I have a very strict boundary with my clients that, and I let them know up front, I am not available in, you know, after 6 p.m., unless it's an emergency, of course, or if I'm speaking at an event, there's always some, you know, situations where you have to be, or on the weekends. And the reason I do that right. is, is, you know, my kids are very, you know, I, I work very, very hard, but when I'm home, I'm home. And I've, I let those people know that in advance. And they respect it. And I say this all the time. People will respect your time as much as you do. You know, so if you just allow people to bombard your day and, and their urgent becomes your urgent, well, guess what? Then they're always going to take advantage of that. So you've got to it, – it's a little bit of both of just setting the standard and setting that boundary of like, look, I am not available during these times, like it or not. <laughs> and if they don't like it, then those are the kind of clients you might not want to, might want to let go of because if they don't see the importance of your goals, that's not a good uh, fit. You know, you just reminded me of something. It's funny when we get into the free flow conversations that things just come up. Six years ago, I was working with a web designer, and this designer, he was great. He came up with some great designs for me and also for one of my clients. Really great, very prompt, very punctual, did very nice creative work, very impressive, a really great guy to work with. But he had this one rule. You could not call him on the phone ever. It's like it's like I mean I mean you paid him online and everything else and you know you could you could get him by email as much as you needed to and he would respond very promptly within his business hours but you could not get him on the telephone now if you needed to explain something to him you filmed a video and sent it to him or if you needed to draw something for him you drew it and you scanned it for him but he just did not spend his time on the telephone and. One day I asked a guy, I said, you know, I, you know they, they all teach, and even my clients of mine who you're working with teaches that when you're in business and when you're in service, you never tell people they can't call you. And here you are, you have this role where people cannot speak with you on the telephone, and you have the very guy who castigates others who say they can't call you saying, wow, Ryan's awesome to work with. And I think where that comes down mm-hmm. to, and I think you just hit the nail on it, is because I think his name was Ryan. I can't remember. So let's just call him Ryan. Uh, he was just so good at what he did, and he went so far to make his customers feel they were being well taken care of. And all he asked was that one little boundary be respected. 
And because he owned that boundary, and, and you know, a couple times I said, hey, you got just a minute on the phone. You say, no, there's no telephone calls. If you need to explain something to me verbally, film it on Camtasia and send it to me, and I'll get right back to you on it. And, uh, and I think people respected that because he respected the boundary. He said, I'm a great designer. I'm going to do fantastic work for you. I just don't want to be interrupted with phone calls. And he also told me that uh, every time the phone rang, it destroyed his creative process. And if he was having the phone ring all day, he wasn't getting any work done. So he just decided he wasn't going to speak with anybody on the phone. And his, his, his expectation was, if you were his client, you were going to be at such a level where if you needed to have a conversation with him, you had Camtasia or had the ability to explain something on video so that you could make it clear. Mm, I love that. Love it. And it's right. it, it just that's a great lesson for all of us because it's tempting to just give in sometimes just to for that one second. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, if I could, yeah, if I can remember what the, the guy's name is, it's probably in my notes back in my office in Las Vegas. I'm going to look it up and I'm going to see if he's still around. I bet you he's doing extremely well because he had a great outfit going there. So here we are, Michelle. We're about halfway through the we're about halfway through the episode here. And what I'd like to do. Again, because we have somebody of your caliber and somebody with your level of background on this call, I really want to take the opportunity and put you in the hot seat, as it were. Actually, no, scratch that. Let's put me in the hot seat. What can you do for me to help me find more hours in the day and procrastinate less? I'd like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the role of your student. I'm going to get in the hot seat, and I'm going to let you tear me to shreds. So go for it. <laughs> I love it. Well, usually when I when I do coaching with somebody, one of the very first things I ask them to do is give me access to their calendar. Okay. And nobody wants to do that. <laughs> we're all very, you know, we're all very protective of our calendars. But there's a lot of there's right. a lot of insights that I can gather from just looking at your calendar, um, because what we what we, we will be successful in is basically what we're scheduling, what we have in our calendar. So, you know, the first thing I ask is, are you, you know, first First, we would go into, you know, what are the, the things that you really want to accomplish this year, right, whether it's this quarter, this month, you know, whenever it is, in the areas of career, finances, um, your personal relationships, your family relationships, um, what about your personal life, you know, do you have some specific goals to, to do something, your spiritual life, your mental life, and we go through that whole wheel of life, so, so I have a pretty good idea of, of what it is that you want to do, but then we go through and we look at your calendar. When are you finding time or when are you scheduling time for working out? Um, if, if your relationship's important to you, awesome. Are you finding time, scheduling time for date night? Are you, you know, right. if, if, you know, so those are the kinds of things. That's first and foremost is, is looking at the calendar to see at high-level view, where are you spending your time? And then but the suggestions that I make, I'll make to you and put you in the top seat here and, you're already doing the morning thing, and I think that that is great. Um, what is it that you're accomplishing in the morning right now that you feel like you're accomplishing by getting up? Okay, I can, tell you, I, I can tell you a little bit about my mornings here, and a little bit is going to be a repeat of what I said a few minutes ago for those who are tuning in a little bit late here because I know we sometimes get people who tune in late. Uh, usually I wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning. My alarm clock goes off at 5 o'clock. And then by 5.01, my cat Batman is up in my face. She's headbutting me, and she's purring because she's like my feline alarm clock. She says, come on, come on, let's go. Let's get some treats. And then five mm-hmm. minutes later, my girlfriend calls, uh, and then you know, we, spend some, we spend some time on the phone. And then after that, you know, after I'm done with Kelly, uh, then you know, I hang up, and then I make sure that 
Batman has everything she needs. I, I check her litter. I check her food. I clean up the mess she made overnight, and I spend a few minutes with her. Then I go make my own breakfast, get myself ready, and usually by 6 o'clock, quarter after 6 in the morning, I'm sitting in front of my computer. And I'll usually know off the top of my head that I have a few things I really like to get off my plate in the morning. So before I even look at email or I look at my phone or anything like that or I check for messages or, or check in with my assistant or any of that stuff, I'll accomplish something. I'll find something that I can get done in an hour or less so that I can say by 7.15, 7.30 in the morning that even if the rest of my day goes to hell, it has not been a total waste. Awesome. So if we dissect that a little bit, basically you're accomplishing a lot of things. In just that little bit of extra time you're giving yourself in the morning, you are checking off the box of relationships. You know, even if it's a five-minute phone call, you're still nurturing a relationship that's extremely important. You are also yes, I am. Your, your, your personal life, right? What is personal life? Personal is anything that we do that, you know, you're within your home, within your, your um, the people in your life, but you're with the cat handling things. You know, that is something that is important. Had you completely um, not tended to that, there would be a very unhappy cat, and there would probably be a, a yeah. home that you'd come home to that is a disaster. So those are two things you right. check off. You've also, though, and I, I, you're such a great student. This is actually easier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not many people are this productive in the morning. But in the morning, the ability to sit down before you open your email is huge because what you're giving yourself right there is that clarity time, the focus time. That now you're checking off your career box, which is then going to be working on your finances because if you don't have that focus time, the rest of your day will be spent just chasing everybody else's urgent. So Right off the bat, you know, just that one example you gave us of what you do, you have already really accomplished three or four major things, and your day hasn't even started. So that is fantastic because with that feeling of momentum, by the time you get on with your first client, you're not exhausted. You're energized because we all like momentum. We like accomplishment. We like being able to scratch something off our list. You just reminded me of something. You just reminded me of something. Back when I used to work in corporate, uh, my official hours, so to speak, were between 8 and 4.30. But I discovered, mm-hmm. you know, not too long into that, that if I started my day at 7 instead of 8, I had two things working for me. First of all, uh, less traffic, less crowding on the trolley, everything else. So it was a much more pleasant ride into work. And then mm-hmm. – just that hour between 7 and 8, um, I did things a little bit differently there. This wasn't I wasn't really trained of the school of let's avoid our email and get something else done. I used to use that hour from 7 to 8 to catch up with all email and all outgoing voicemails I need to leave for people and things like that. And what I felt like would happen is usually around 8 o'clock, everybody else would start showing up and their day would get started. It felt to me like – they were chasing me instead of me chasing them. So it felt like I had taken the initiative, and now they were responding to me. So uh, they were coming in in a defensive position, and I was coming in having already moved forward. And when I left the office, so usually a little bit after four, and I would state very, very directly that I want to get out of here before traffic gets too bad because I have a life I want to leave. There usually weren't mm-hmm. too many messages for me waiting in the morning about that thing I forgot to do. I tended to have a lot of my stuff tied up pretty neatly so people didn't really complain too much. But I think it's that extra hour in the morning that really helped me. I just handled it differently than we normally teach, but I think it was a big help. Absolutely. And it's just more that clarity of what needs to get done because you're going to leave at 430, and if you know you have to get something done before you leave, 
you're gonna you're gonna find a way to get it done. Um, Zig Ziglar yeah. tells the story of you know the day before vacation. Why is it we all seem to get so much more done the, the day before we're leaving for vacation? You know, <laughs> why can't we be that productive every single day? But it's that clarity and focus of what needs to get done. Uh, to me, one thing that would have made that whole scenario absolutely perfect is while you were driving into work, checking off a bit of your mental or even spiritual uh, life by listening to a CD or, or something that, that motivates you or um, a podcast or something like that, which you may have been doing. But these are the kind right. of ideas that, that we don't have to make it difficult. We don't have to add – I say this all the time. This is not about adding more work to your day because you're already busy. It's about just reevaluating how you're doing some things, and it's the little hinges, you know, that swing big doors. It's the little changes you do. It's not the big, big thing. So, um, but the big thing I will say, and, and for, especially for people like me who are night owls, is getting at that owl, hour early doesn't necessarily feel good right when the alarm goes off, but once you're up, oh, boy, it feels fantastic. I have learned to savor that very feeling of knowing that I got started a little bit earlier and I got a few things done before the rest of the world even came online. It's like I sort of have the jump on them where I have the initiative and now for them to respond to me or to keep up with me. And that just puts me in a much different situation in life. Now, riddle me this because you made a very interesting comment about how we seem to be so productive the day before we go on vacation. I find myself Mm -hmm. attempting to book myself completely free the day before I go on vacation. Uh, like, I mean, I'm, I'm actually traveling even as we do this. I'm calling in from a remote location. I'm spending some time with my girlfriend here. And I, the day before I left Las Vegas, I was rushing to get all kinds of things done. And it was kind of funny because these are all things that I hadn't exactly felt were very urgent up until then. But for some weird reason, I wanted to walk out of there with my schedule clear. Now, I also set a time limit on that. I said, I will go nuts like this till 4 o'clock. But after that, it's time for me to finish getting the place ready, spend some time with my cats, and get a good night's rest before I got on the airplane the next morning because I had an early flight out. Back in the old days, man, the day before I flew somewhere, it would be like a 20-hour day, and it felt like I was just chasing everything. Uh, and, it, and I think I was doing it, when I look at this retrospectively, a lot out of fear because the last thing I needed was that, Adam, where is that update I asked for email to come in mm-hmm. the day after I left on vacation? And I've been very good at not having that happen to me for at least the past two years. So I've gotten a lot better at expectations management with my clients. But just riddle me this. Why does it seem like all of a sudden for some people – that stuff that didn't seem all that urgent until the day they were leaving on vacation suddenly takes on an urgency. Well, and it, it may even be that it's not the stuff that, that doesn't matter, but it's, it's what I think the premise of what Zig was saying is all the things that have to be done before you, you go on a trip, right? Everything from your work, like you said, you have to have things in order so that while you're gone for a week, nobody's looking for you, you know? So you go through in your mind and you have total clarity of all the things you have to clean up, all the loose ends, all the, all the things that have to be done. You make a list and boom, 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 boom. You get them done because you have a deadline. You know that once you right. leave at 5 o'clock, you're not wanting to work while you're gone, right? So that gets done. Um, the laundry, the packing, the, the, you know, getting things all set in the house, all the things that, you know, you want to come home to a clean house, all of a sudden you're making that a priority. What this all boils down to, what procrastination really is and productivity is, is it's not even about balance. It's just prioritizing. And it's when we have a deadline or a reason 
for that urgency, we will get it done. And like I said earlier, you know, we're not going to do it unless we have passion to do it. Well, you're passionate about getting things done before you leave for vacation because you don't want to be bothered. So that's why it's important to figure out, so what is going to make you passionate about getting the things done, you know, in your career, in in your personal life and all those things? Because those are the goals you're going to accomplish. That's great. That's great. So uh, I think if we could look at this calendar thing a little bit more. Now, obviously, it's going to be a little bit hard for me to show you and the listeners my calendar, but what were some of the things we'll be looking for in my calendar? Because you really honed in on that right away about how the, what you do with your calendar is, in some mm-hmm. ways explains what your priorities are. So tell me some of the things you'd be looking for in mine or ask any questions you want. Sure. Well, the first thing I'm looking for is uh, time blocking. And what time blocking right. is – who don't know, is, is literally carving out. I mean, we do this for appointments and things like that, but I mean time blocking for the things that need to be done, for the, the things that are on your the three, that are on your sticky sheet for that day. And right. how diligent are you with that? Most, like we talked about earlier, most entrepreneurs, the biggest issue for them with productivity are those distractions. So if you say from, you know, 8 to 10, you're going to make cold calls or you're going to, you know, do something specific to your business, are you really only focused on that, meaning are you shutting off your cell phone? Are you turning off the Outlook notification so that you don't get distracted by an email? In fact, do you just have Outlook turned off altogether? Are you allowing yourself to have other people to come in? Are you, did you turn your phone off? Time blocking means literally only working on one thing during that period of time. And what happens is, is you end up, usually, you end up getting it done quicker than you thought. And then you have a little bit of extra time in your day to, to not be so rushed to get things done. Um, but that's the first thing I look for because there is this big myth out there that multitasking is a good thing. It's actually, it's terrible. And it's something that we, as entrepreneurs, pride ourselves that we can do so many different things at once. But, but here's what happens. You know, just like your computer, if you have all of your programs open, you know, Word and PowerPoint, Outlook and the Internet and all these things, you are working technically on all of them at the same time, but it's slowing your computer down. And the exact same thing happens for us. And it's kind of like why is it then when you're working on all of these different things at once, but yet you don't finish one of them because you start here, you start there, but it's, it's never complete. So what time blocking does is it's, you don't send, you don't move to anything else until it's complete, and it's um, a lot of discipline. It's really, really, really difficult. Um, so that's that's the first thing, and I believe in your calendar the most important. Um, the other thing, though, I would look for is are you color coding your calendar? So, for example, if you are blocking out, you know, times for the radio show, time for your clients, um, time for date night, all those things, are you color coding them? What I suggest doing is, in an outlook, you can do this easily, having a color for every area of your life, right? So you're going to have a, um, you know, a business color. Like for for my calendar, I'll give you an example. So I have a color for speaking. When I'm speaking, it's purple. So, you know, I can look at my calendar and not even look at the details and just at a high level know how much I'm speaking that week. Um, My kids are another color. So if my son has a basketball game or something, you know, at 5 o'clock, I have that in my calendar blocked off, and it's colored that way. Um, date night, I do the same for working out and, and, you know, all the different pieces. And what that does for me is when I look at my calendar from the 30,000-foot level, 
if I have all purple and no green in there for my kids or my my husband, there's a problem that week, and it's all about reprioritizing, okay. right? Um, it's just an easy way to manage your your activities and having the visibility to know where are you spending too much time or not enough time. Because, you know, as we said in the very beginning is you have to have the balance of, of fulfilling all of the areas of your life that are important, not just goals, I mean, not just career. And we tend to schedule things for career all the time. We don't think twice about it. But we don't tend to schedule the other things in our life. So that's what I suggest doing is time blocking, color coding, and living by that, that calendar, which we do usually for career stuff, but I'm suggesting doing it for all the stuff. That's very that's very interesting here. And what I'm doing right now is I'm a, I'm actually a Google calendar using, so I'm pretending like I can create an event even as I type this. And I'm seeing if it lets me – oh, yes, I can. Uh, and yes, it gives me can. like a whole swatch of colors I, I can use. Like by default, my main calendar, everything's a dark maroon, and that just says it comes to my primary calendar. But, you know, just looking at this, I notice that there are some different colors. For instance, if something comes into my online scheduler, because I use schedule once to have people book time with me, is that uh-huh. uh, is those will come out a different color. So I know this is something that somebody has scheduled with me. So maybe a consult, it may be an intro call, it may be a follow-up with a client. It could be all different kinds of things. But I know this is something where somebody else has taken a mortgage on my time. And I also have that set up. So the way they schedule the appointment, they have to tell me, what they want to speak with me about. And it's not because I'm trying to press them for 85 different types of information before I even get on the phone with them. It's so that five minutes before I get on the call, I can open that up, look at their notes and say, okay, this is what I'm going to need. This is what I have to think about. This is what I have to be prepared for. I have a system, and I'm going to reveal a little secret here. I'm connecting with people on LinkedIn all the time. LinkedIn is my social network of choice. And I have a team that helps me manage that, and I have a personal assistant and everything else. The entire conversation of me getting to know a prospect on LinkedIn all the way up until the point where they get on the phone with me, in some cases, is completely automated without my needing to be there. It's, it's just brilliant the way this works. Even though I've never heard the person, even though I don't know who they are or what they do because I have the system in place, I can see on my calendar at 2 o'clock I have uh, a networking session with somebody I met on LinkedIn. I can look at who they are. I can look at the notes. I can be on that call at 2 o'clock, and I can act like we're, we're like – Long-time friends who've been talking ten times a day. Meanwhile, five minutes ago, I didn't know who they were. <laughs> right. And when you're and, and and I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just saying when we're managing so much information, we have so many things coming at us and so many opportunities on our plate. When we can be efficient with that, we can make so many more connections. We can make so much more of a difference, and we can help so many more people. Absolutely. I love that. And, you know, I do the same thing. I have a scheduling system, too, that ties in. And it, it does make it, um, it, it, it makes it easier for us, but it also makes people get very clear on what they need your time for. Because there's nothing worse right. than, you know, a call that keeps going on and on and on and on and on, but not really getting anything done or accomplished or getting to the point. Um, so I love that you do that. That's fantastic. You hit on one of my pet peeves, too, is calls that just go on and on and on and on and on. I know one of my consulting clients last year was working with a social media manager who just liked to schedule these endless calls on Skype. It would just be him asking the same questions again and again. And it's like, I'm trying to figure out, what are you trying to probe for? And it got to the point where I went to my client and I said, I can't really chat with your social media guy on Skype anymore unless he sends me a bullet point outline in advance. Good for you. 
I, I have to. I have to because because being a natural introvert, being on the telephone for an extended period of time doesn't animate me. It drains the hell out of me. Yeah, I I completely agree. I'm the exact same way. Yeah. And in fact, and I get that question a lot too. Of, you know, well, what if you have to call someone and you know that they're a talker? You know that, that you know that you're not going to get off the phone for at least thirty minutes. I right. you know, again, it's boundaries. It's what do we what do we allow? Is what will happen. So I say, you know, when you're calling them, just say, hey, hey, Tom, this is Michelle. Listen, I've got five minutes, and I just want to ask you two things. Boom. Done. Expectation set. We have, I am only speaking to you for five minutes. We're going to accomplish these two things, and then we're done, you know. And right. um, it, it works. It does work. But I, and I think, I think we appreciate that, too, when somebody makes us set those boundaries, because it also our time you know, important as well. And we don't realize it until we've lost it. And, you know, time is money, as we know. Very much so. And, and, I, and I use some of those same strategies as well, where if I really truly only have a few minutes or I'm only willing to give a few minutes, I'll open up the phone call with some comment like that that just sets the boundaries mm-hmm. from the very beginning, like I'm calling you back real quick or I have an appointment at the top of the hour, but I want to make sure I got back to you. And then that tells them they have eight minutes of my time. Use it wisely. And I find that those are actually some of the most productive calls. I agree completely. Absolutely yes. agree. Yes. Yes, my girlfriend's here and she's making gestures at me like she hates when I do that. When she calls and I say, Kelly, I got nine minutes because I got an appointment at the top of the hour. So you only get to say I love you 32 <laughs> times. <laughs> I'm, gonna pay, I'm going to pay for that one. I know it right now. I'm already getting the gestures. <laughs> yep. Yes, you will. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. Well, well, she knows. But anyway... Anyway, uh, this is, I mean, this is really great. And it looks like, you know, is there anything else you can tell us? And you, know, you may have noticed through this interview as well. It's a 60-minute interview, but every so often I'll mention how much time we have left so we make sure we cover everything. So it's still that type of time management. I do want to give you a couple minutes right at the end just to share with our listeners how they can get support for themselves if this is something they want to work on. So we have a, you know, maybe two more minutes of me in the hot seat. Uh, is there anything else that you would uh, do to skewer me to help me procrastinate less and achieve more? The last thing that I would do is ask you to take a picture of your desk and send it to me. Okay. <laughs> and you don't have to do that now. All right. Um, your, your desk actually, is actually, actually, yeah, I can describe my desk right now. It's a wooden desk, and the only thing that's sitting on it is my monitor and my speakers because I keep all paperwork off of it. Yeah, I keep all paperwork off of it, and I keep the top right-hand drawer devoted to just that's just where I throw my stuff. That way it doesn't have to sit on my desk. So my drawer off to the right takes the place of all the clutter that used to sit on top of the desk. So I know that desk, that drawer can be cluttered. It can have a million things thrown in it. I don't have to think about organizing it, whatever. It's just in that drawer instead of sitting and interrupting my work and thought space. You hit, and I'm so excited to hear you are doing that because what, what most entrepreneurs have a desk like is, you know, piles, right? We have many, many different things yeah. we're working on at once, but we know what's in those piles. But yet we have piles. So, but right. you know, a cluttered desk is a cluttered mind, and so that is exactly what I suggest doing. Is every single day when you walk into your home office, regular office, wherever, and it's a clean, open slate. There, that is so, so good for your productivity, for your mindset. But on the other hand, if you walk into an office that is absolutely a disaster and cluttered, and you know you can't find anything, overwhelmed. It starts the moment you get in there. I know a lot of entrepreneurs that actually avoid their office because it's so cluttered. 
that they end up working at other parts of the house or, you know, they end up going to a Starbucks. So that would be the, you know, something that I highly suggest, and I'm, I'm glad to know you're doing that. You're a great example for your listeners um, because this is not this is common sense, but it's not common practice. We, you know, it's very difficult to have the discipline to do it. So um, I'm happy to hear you all. All right, I score a point. All right, I'm not uh, I'm not completely failing this. This is awesome. <laughs> you are an A plus. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Uh, bonus points. I love it. So we have uh, we have just uh, you know about uh, two or three minutes left here. Uh, first of all, Michelle Prince, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. This has been an honor, and it's been an education. And what I'd like to do is just give you the floor for a minute or two and just tell our listeners a little bit about how they can get a hold of you and how they can get support, or if they have any questions about this, how they can get some of those questions answered. You bet, absolutely. Um, probably the best way to, to learn more about what we do is uh, go to Michelle Prince. Dot com. It's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-P-R-I-N-C-E uh, dot com. And there's some free resources on there. There's actually a download that you can um, can get on a couple, couple of the tips that we've talked about on how to be productive, but there's several more in there as well. So feel free to, uh, to get that free resource. Um, there's also, you know, on social media, I'd love to connect. I'm always, I'm very passionate about helping people with, you know, whether it's procrastination or also finding your story. As an entrepreneur, people will do business with us the more they like us, the more they know us, the more they trust us. So one of the things that I, I learned early on, and I, I share this with others too, is you know the best way for your customers to get to know, like, and trust you is to tell your story. And to get it into a book makes it that much easier to um, get you that credibility expert status that, that you desperately want as, a, as an entrepreneur. So whether it's about productivity or publishing, um, getting your story out, feel free to find me on social media, send an email to my website, and I would love to help wherever I can. Great. And I want to remind all of our listeners that when you visit our website at businesscreatorsradioshow.com, that all of our upcoming and previous episodes are archived and every single one of our guest experts does have a profile on our website that includes their biography and links to their website and relevant social media. So anybody at any time, if you want to locate Michelle and contact her, just use one of those methods. You can just go right to businesscreatorsradioshow.com and find her in the directory of guest experts, and you can contact her that way. So just want to make sure everybody's aware of that. So, Michelle, again, thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule and sharing your brilliance with us today. Oh, thank you so much. I was happy to, I'm happy to be here, and if you need anything else, don't hesitate to give me a ring. Absolutely. Absolutely. For everybody listening, this is Adam Homey, host of Business Creators Radio Show. Please make sure to check out our website, www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also look us up on iTunes under Business Creators Radio Show. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us spread the word. Until next time, have a great day. Take care. We'll see you.